Right now, I'm visiting with the folks from the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Very lucky to be able to get uh, John Hinners. He is the Senior Vice President of Industry Relations. And uh, first of all, John, uh, boy, it has been a great show so far. But uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about maybe some of the questions you get when you're at a, a show like this. Well, Eric, it's always fun to, to be amongst the, the corn and soybean farmers in the United States. We're or some of the best producers in the world uh, gather together and, and talk about strategies and efficiencies and sustainability. But I think when you look at the U.S. Meat Export Federation, some might say, what in the world is the beef, pork, and lamb industry doing at the Corn and Soybean Convention? And uh, that's a pretty easy answer. We get a lot of support from, from the corn checkoff, the soybean checkoff, both beef and pork checkup come into the U.S. Meat Export Federation. As we're a nonprofit organization, and our main role is to put U.S. meat on the world's table. We're going to get into some of the numbers and what the uh, cattle industry and beef industry, what a uh, impact it has on corn and soybeans, and obviously that's prevalent throughout our region. But maybe you can just a little bit more. Obviously, you're with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. I read stories about you guys all the time, but for our listening audience, maybe just give us a minute or two on what you guys do like on a daily basis. When you look at uh, our organization, we are headquartered in uh, downtown uh, Denver, Colorado. We've got uh, roughly 30 staff members that work there. But our real blueprint um, for the organization is outside the United States. So we have 19 international offices or representatives around the world. And they're strategically uh, placed in markets where we can have boots on the ground to actually go out and promote beef, pork, and lamb. Uh, to the world. So really what we want to try to do is make sure that we can compete against other nations and get our product um, on the retail shelf, get our product in food service and allow consumers around the world the opportunity to taste that that delicious sustainable soy fed pork or or corn fed beef uh, that we produce so well here in the United States. I know you guys have a couple of things. You guys just did a study on the breakdown of what impact the livestock industry actually has on the corn and soybean industry. Maybe you could kind of just give us some of the numbers and whichever you want to start with first. Yeah, well, we can talk about corn. Uh, when you look at the, the corn industry, they've been a good supporter of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. And one might ask, well, what, what does the corn industry get in return? Well, just think about it. we're exporting right now 15% of our beef production and close to 30% of our pork production. And a lot of corn and soybeans go into raising those animals that are um, dedicated to the international market. So we've done a study with the world prospectus. Uh, Dave Juday uh, is actually the third party verifier of the study. And this year, this past year in 2022, uh, the impact on the corn industry represents about 15% of that uh, bushel of corn's value. When you think about that in 2022, an average bushel of corn was $6.75. So 15% of that due to the export market of red meats uh, totaled a dollar and one cent per bushel. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, that And that tendency can go up or down over the years, but it's a, it's a great study. We're excited to have it. It gives us a, a benchmark. You, know, you look at soybeans, for example, um, you know, the, from the soybeans perspective, uh, you know, 13% of a bushel's value this past year, that's $1.94. So if you're a soybean farmer, um, you know, $1.94 could be due to the export of U.S. pork. It, 
you know, think about it. You know, we're pretty good at what we do. We've got to find markets for corn, markets for soybeans. We need everything. We need uh, uh, direct bulk exports. We need um, fuels being exports that are made out of uh, our, our grains and soybeans. But we also need to go back to a stable market such as the livestock industry. And we've got to keep that profitable as well. Anytime we could expand that, it's going to be good for everybody. That's some great information, especially we've got a lot of stuff going on in our North Dakota legislative uh, session right now, talking about trying to get livestock expanded in in our state uh, directly, maybe to compete more with South Dakota and other states around. Uh, Talk about uh, the meat industry as a whole and how things have been going overseas, obviously, and the demand for our products. Is it going up or is it going down? Uh, You you look at the demand for red meats, it's been robust around the world, and it's really uh, an exciting thing to think about our dollar's been so strong and to have consumers around the world continue to look at u.s product and buy that product that's a win-win we're never going to be the cheapest product in the world nor do we want to be we want to be a high quality best product that's available and that's never going to be um, free it's never going to be cheap so if we can continue to get our product in the mouths of consumers around the world uh, they're going to they're going to want it and they're going to buy it and I, I always kind of think about it a little bit, like there's places you can shop, but we've got a great story. We've got sustainable soybeans, sustainable um, corn fed to a sustainable uh, beef and pork uh, production here in the United States. And consumers are looking more and more at that story. Talk about inflation and how maybe more difficult, I'm assuming it's made your job a little bit more difficult. Yeah, you know, consumers uh, around the world, you know, just like here in the United States, you, you've got so many expandable dollars that you're going to be able to invest on food. So uh, you're trying to get the best value that you can. One of the things that we're trying to utilize uh, in our story is how can we send certain cuts around the world? You know, maybe maybe the round on that beef animal. Maybe we can add some additional value to that pork loin or that pork ham um, by sharing that uh, with chefs and, and utilizing that different at food service. So I think you know, that's, there's an opportunity for continuing education with our end users. And, and that starts with an importer, an importer in a country. Why should you buy the United States product? You know, um, you got to constantly promote if you want to stay ahead of the game and stay in the game. So um, we've got a lot of world competition out there that would like to take market share away from the United States. But as long as we continue to do our job, um, as long as we can continue to invest in the research and food safety protocols and have a partner such as USDA, uh, sky's the limit as far as capturing more and more market share around the world. Talk about the Asian market. That's really kind of grown, especially in Japan. I know there was a trade agreement finally put into place. It was about maybe a year and a half, two years ago. But uh, talk about that. I've read a lot of stories. A lot of the, the alternate cuts of meat have gained popularity. Yeah, um, Asian market. I'll give you one example. Let's just talk about beef, for example, in this situation. Um, you take that beef tongue, we're going to add about $18 of value just by sending that beef tongue to Japan. And, you know, we don't typically eat beef tongue in the United States. Uh, we can. It's, it's, it's a great piece of protein. However, it's a delicacy. It's desired in the Japanese market. Uh, that's a market mostly slicing and dicing 
Um, so if we could pick up, you know, close to 20 bucks on one particular cut for the industry, and that industry can share that throughout the chain, that's a win-win. So those are the type of successes that we're going to continue to look at. I think when uh, you also look at Asia, um, the food service has been a little slower to react. They're coming out of the COVID situation. Um, and when we get into food service, um, you know, that's an opportunity for us to sell our product at a higher level. You know, and you're going to get more dollars out of that piece of meat at food service uh, as compared to maybe the traditional retail. So as food service comes back online, that's going to be a, a, a great situation, a great story for U.S. beef industry, U.S. pork industry. Again, we're visiting with John Hinners, U.S. Meat Export Federation. John, one more question. You and I didn't get a chance to talk a lot before we got together here, but uh, Farm Bill, anything that from that perspective that you're watching? Well, I think, you know, obviously there's so many components to the Farm Bill, but uh, that's a must for U.S. agriculture. And I would encourage anybody that has uh, an opportunity to talk to their representatives um, to encourage a, a strong Farm Bill, you know, uh, there's so many ag organizations that receive market access program funding, MAP funding. Uh, U.S. Meat Export Federation is one of those organizations that uh, does receive those dollars. Uh, we apply for them. We leverage checkoff dollars with USDA funding to go out and do the things necessity uh, ne necessary to go out and promote our red meat products. So Farm Bill is very important to us as an organization. It's very important. Uh, to the farmers in rural America as an organization. John, I'll give you the uh, final word for our listeners in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota, U.S. Meat Export Federation. Anything else that maybe we didn't ask you about or something you just want to reemphasize? Well, I think when you look at what the value is of the export market in general, just this past year, um, roughly $60 on a market hog can be attributed to the export market and $450 on fed cattle, fed heifer. Uh, that's going to market can be attributed to the export market. So, you know, these markets are very important to us. We've got to make sure that we can continue to have access into these markets and certainly uh, drive home that value throughout that market chain, you know, for the beef industry, pork industry, and the lamb industry. Very good. John Hinners again, Senior Vice President, Industry Relations, U.S. Meat Export Federation. We are broadcasting from Commodity Classic in Orlando, Florida. Our coverage brought to you as a service by Calmer Cornheads. We'll be back with more Farm Talk coming up.